Let's bring an economist to uh, help us with our conversation. Jeffrey Cleveland is principal and chief economist at Payton and Regal. Jeffrey, good to have you here. So is it this, is this really all that matters to asset prices? Is uh, the Fed's decisions, interest rates, uh, is that the way we should expect it to work? Yes. I think you're in a situation where inflation is the main problem. The Fed needs to solve it. So they're using the levers they have available, hiking interest rates uh, pretty sharply. It, in our chart of the week this week, we highlighted the you know the 12-month change in the federal funds rate. If they you know go through with the, the promised and expected rate hikes through the end of the year and maybe into early next year, get Fed funds to five percent by February, that will be one of the sharpest increases in the Fed funds rate since 1981. And historically, after you've seen those sharp moves, you, you tend to get the dollar strength, and you tend to find out that there are some, there is some fragility in the financial system. And I think that's what's that's what's uh, unfolding here, Oliver. Now, uh, Jeffrey, that speed at which we're raising interest rates, a lot of people are arguing right now that uh, it's too rapid a reversal from the last year. We need to wait after each hike to see if it shows up in the economy. Are they being too fast and uh, aggressive, or should the pace of the rates match the pace of inflation? Well, inflation is a huge problem, Oliver. I mean, we are talking about inflation we haven't seen since the, the early 1980s. We like to right. look at we look to look at trim mean inflation. So you look at your trimmed mean PCE, or you look at your trimmed mean CPI. Look at those charts, and inflation is just extraordinarily high. So there, there's a big, big problem there. I think the the Fed needs to to do something about it. I do think, though, Oliver, and listening to your earlier segment, this is a bit like the uh, the arsonist returning to the scene of the crime and then you know lending a hand and, and saying, "Hey, we're putting out the fire." <laughs> um, you know, if you think about the Fed, they were buying mortgage-backed securities hand over fist all the way through March. Insane. And certainly that helped boost the housing market that pushed up the prices uh, of houses and that fed through into rents. And then we're seeing that obviously show up in, in CPI. So I, I do think when, when we do have time for the postmortem here, there is a lot of blame to go on, on the Fed for, you know, inducing the boom. And then now they're, they're reversing that. So it's, it's, it's going to be painful, but I don't really see what the other option is. Uh, the other problem is, you know, it's our currency, the dollar. It's the world's problem. I think that was the quote from the Treasury Secretary back in 1971, and that is still the case here. So the, the Fed is the most important central bank. The dollar is the most important currency for global funding and global uh, financial conditions. So the rapid tightening here is feeding through. It's, it's going to harm the global economy. I, I don't think there's any way around that, but the Fed chair said in the press conference this week, hey, you know, we have to focus on domestic inflation, and this is not the time for, for, for global coordination. Jeff, the idea of keeping rates generally low after GFC, a lot of economists describe that as an effort to dampen uh, the cycle so that we don't have these giant booms and busts anymore, which had been the characteristic uh, for so long, and of course it seemed like it was working. We had the longest, slowest period of growth ever, uh, which was uh, okay, I guess. It wasn't great, it wasn't terrible, but it seemed like uh, the effort was working to dampen the volatility in the cycles of the economy. Does this p potentially threaten to undo the progress being made, or was that never progress to begin with? 
Well, I think this was a unique period. This was, you know, if you look at COVID, we shut everything down, and then you had, you 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 had a helicopter drop, a joint operation between the Fed and Treasury. Treasury sent a bunch of money to households, and that was monetized or financed by the Fed asset purchases. Uh, we did that on a, a pretty epic scale. Uh, you didn't really see that after GFC. Yes, rates were low. Yes, we had QE. But that sort of just offset a massive, uh, you know, cratering of credit around that time. So net net, we didn't have a lot of uh, liquidity flooding into the economy. This time around, after COVID, we did. And so I think that really is the big difference. And I think that's why you're seeing this boom and then and then the bust. The bust that we're having now, to me, Oliver, is sort of inevitable, uh, an inev- inevitable consequence of this preceding boom. You can argue we did the boom for the right reasons. You know, everything was shut down. Uh, unemployment rate shot up to 14 percent. But but nonetheless, this is sort of the, the consequence of a monetary experiment on such a epic scale. OK, so we're on the same page. <laughs> we are. 100 <laughs> percent. So then uh, what happens next? Uh, when does this experiment with some of the fastest rate hikes ever uh, also end? Uh, how do we gauge Powell's language thus far um, with the, the reality of what he'll be able to withstand, whether it comes from political pressure. And we were already hearing some people say, oh, you know, why is this guy raising unemployment? Uh, or, you know, uh, and we saw before, seemed like he was sensitive when President Trump told him to stop hiking rates. So uh, if he's not immune to political pressure, do we not get far? Or what are your thoughts on how this plays out the next, uh, I guess, call it eight months to a year? Well, I've been arguing with our bond traders all summer. Uh, they've been expecting Fed, uh, the Fed or Powell to throw in the towel, pivot, sort of like he did in the, the fall, the winter of 2018 into 2019. I'm sure you remember that well. And I, I've just been saying, hey, this this is different. We we have an inflation problem this time around. So, And they're pretty open about their willingness to push the unemployment rate up to bring the inflation rate down. So I think we need to, I think two things to watch. Uh, do we have a more significant softening in labor market conditions? So job growth slowing, the unemployment rate rising faster. That could slow the Fed down or make them pause. Um, and the second thing I would watch is month-to-month change in core CPI. Core CPI cannot be running month-to-month 0.6. It's got to slow. It's got to go flat or 0.1 or 0.2. And then we can talk about uh, the Fed pausing. So those are the two things I would watch. The other thing, Oliver, near term, I would, I'm curious, is a foreign central bank going to tap the central bank swap lines that the Fed has established with um, various um, central banks around the world? So the Bank of Japan, um, for example, could, uh, you know, give the Fed some yen and borrow some dollars and then sell dollars in the markets and maybe stem some of this currency strength. I think that's something we could watch. We can look at that data week by week. So I was checking that out yesterday, Oliver, and we, we haven't seen any action there. But that, that could be something that could uh, change the tide here, maybe uh, for the dollar. And, and maybe that should be something to keep an eye on for, for traders out there. Great stuff. Love those specifics. Very helpful for us to come up with a bit of a game plan here. Thanks, Jeffrey. Have a great weekend. You too. Good to see you. All right. Excellent. Mr. Cleveland is a principal and chief economist at Peyton and Regal.